dream team. Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three. It's the dream team. Big three IDP. Let's go. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big Three IDP Podcast. And I am joined in the Soad Shack and on StreamYard tonight by Adam Markham, Bobby Reynolds. And joining us again, it's been a little while, but he is back on the show. It is our favorite, Johnny the Greek. Johnny, how are you, sir? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? How are things? Things are well. Things are very well. We've got a new setup in the Soad Shack tonight. We're not recording from our homes. Uh, well, Bobby is, but Adam and I are here in the Soad Shack. So we've been doing a little renovation work. We teased some big things. We're coming for the shack. And so the listeners and the viewers are getting a live look in the shack tonight, Johnny. And you're, you're joining us on the maiden voyage here. So thank you. Hey, glad to be here. <laughs> So, Bobo, how are you, man? You're at home. You're in the laundry room. You've got the nice wreath hanging up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our Easter wreath. That's where we store it. So, uh, doing well. Doing well, Josh. Miss you guys. But Store, store the Easter wreath on the wall. Just, yeah. It's the perfect place to put an Easter wreath. Let's be honest. That's what I thought. Grab a nail, hang it somewhere you know it's going to be. Come, come Easter. You know, we know where our wreath is. It doesn't take up space in the cabinet now. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, Johnny, it's been a little while. I think we had you on during the season last year. Um, we might have had you on more recently, too, but we're we're welcoming you back tonight. We know you are a, uh, a Dallas Cowboys fan, and so we're welcoming you back for the continuation of our divisional previews, and tonight we are doing the AFC South. Just kidding. Wouldn't that be hilarious if we pulled the rug out from Johnny <laughs> Uh, we're doing the uh, we're doing the NFC East, so we'll be looking at all of the offensive and defensive players to target for each of the four NFC East teams. Johnny, there's a lot of big names in this division now. There sure are, man, and yeah, uh, just in in general, in regards to being a Cowboys fan, uh, I take a lot of crap for that. Um, and it's I, I really kind of find it comical because we haven't been like legitimately good since 95. I mean, the windows opened up a little bit here with the, the recent star power and stuff. And I feel like, you know, with Lamb and the last draft there and some of the other signings, we've got a nice little window coming up. But uh, I mean, I, I just don't get it. Like, what is there to dislike? We've been terrible for so long. Like, uh, you know, Jason Garrett froze our own kicker. Like, there, there's nothing to, to get upset about. <laughs> I, I think uh, you're just uh, you're just a, an exception to the rule. Most Cowboy fans I know are usually... Uh, the worst. They're usually pretty insufferable. They're usually yeah. not very knowledgeable about the NFL outside of that team. And even they don't really... They they don't really know that team that well. Like, you know, like, like us nerds and stuff that are following it constantly. So... I don't know. You are definitely the coolest Cowboys fan I've ever met, Johnny. So um, congrats there. I, thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's kind of strange because I've got a couple good buddies here that I grew up with that are both Cowboys fans. And we're all we all think alike. We all are pessimist Cowboy fans, which is like the opposite of most of them. But, uh, Super Bowl, here we come. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> not nine and seven, if we're lucky, here we come. Like, That's yeah. the outlook that most fans should have, though, right? I mean, yeah. it's like predicting Super Bowl or bust, 31 fan bases are going to be disappointed. Yeah. Right, right. 
Yeah. So Johnny, you know that before we get into the actual football talk, we've got to talk about the most important topic at hand, which is, of course, Addy, fast food. Fast food. What kind of show Ooh. would it be if we weren't talking fast food? So what have you been feeding the diarrhea fever here, Johnny? What have you been getting? Some recent orders. Take us through it. What's been going on? <laughs> diarrhea fever. Uh, that's that's the kind of fever I want to catch. That's, that's the only sure. kind of fever worth having, honestly. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, gentlemen, I do have some bad news to report on this front. So have you guys ever heard of Hot Harry's? No. So when you started start with hot, I wasn't sure where you were going, but oh no no no, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the other hot thing in a Still little. Still not sure where you're going, with hot Harry's. Very yeah. No no no, it's it's a it's a fast food chain uh, out in the northeast here, and it's like a Chipotle except they won't poison you. Mm, that's um, good, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so it's like it's it's really tasty, uh, like Mexican uh, tacos, burritos, stuff like that. Um, light on the diarrhea, high on the flavor. Mm. Very good. Uh, but the only one in like 30 miles around us just went out of business because of the COVID thing. So oh, I know, I know it really crazy. does. So now my, I mean, I, I could go to Chipotle, but do I really want to turn inside out through my asshole? And <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a Chipotle fan. I don't, I don't you are until you get turned inside out. Like I've, just yeah. I've had it. I've probably had it at least 50 times at this point. And, and you have been not good. been poisoned even once. I've, I've been good. You are tempted fate, my friend. Yeah, you're rolling the dice there, buddy. I feel oh, like yeah. But I know what you mean about those those uh, like those like more local type spots. We have one here, yeah. K Buenos. Shout out, man. K Buenos <laughs> is that fire. I've been doing my best to keep them afloat during this whole corona mess because <laughs> they've, had, they've had the drive-thru going. So I've done my part, and uh, yeah, I, I hope they make it through all this. I hope so, too. Yeah. Uh, we've been we've been eating out a ton here just because we have a child now, so it's a little tougher to cook you know, for the wife to cook meals. Don't want to yeah. go to grocery. Yeah, right. yeah. We 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 keep the grocery stock, but I'm like, hey, let's do our part. Let's go support you know all these local restaurants, and uh, you know it doesn't doesn't hurt that we're getting some delicious cuisine in the in the sure. meantime. But Johnny, you know the big addition for us, as we mentioned earlier, was uh, raising canes. Yeah, how is that? Uh, I, oh, I, amen. We obviously don't have any around here, but d- do tell. Yeah, Markham, I'll let you take this one. You've probably had it more than uh, Bobby and us combined so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's incredible to start. Uh, it's it's probably as good as a just uh, if, if we're just going, you know, straight up plain chicken tender it is about as good as it gets i don't um, think i ooh. had a better chicken tender yeah i mean now you can go to obviously a nicer up you know a more upscale restaurant and get probably better tenders but we're Where talking about what upscale restaurant are you going to i'm thinking about uh rafferty's <laughs> and you know local spots know, man i think i'd rather have they're, canes dude. they're up there they're, they're, yeah they're that good i mean they're they're close and, and <laughs> oftentimes when they're when they're breaded right yeah, they're they're about unbeatable. <laughs> because they have the flavor. I mean, a lot of these good like sit down restaurant tenders are just kind of bland. Yeah. But you get canes, it's juicy, it's flavorful. I mean, it's it blows Zaxby's out of the water, in my opinion. It does. I, I just picture right now like Adam and his wife going to this like super swanky restaurant and Adam's got like a sports coat on, but like his big three IDP t shirt underneath of it. And his wife goes to order like, I don't know, something fancy. 
a play or, or something like that. And they say, oh, sir, what, what, what would you have, sir? And he looks at the, looks at the server and just kind of says, uh, you know, what kind of tenders you got? Yes, sir. <laughs> you got chicken a signature di- sauce, maybe like, uh, you know, raisin cane sauce yes, or something you can throw on that. Sure. Oh man. So yeah, that's what we've been up to. We've been messing with some canes. Um, we were nice. talking some fast food cookies a few episodes ago. Johnny, do you have Ooh. any kind of fast food cookies that are cookies in general that are a go-to oh. when you're out and about? Man, not really. But the Subway cookies have been a source of anxiety in my recent life. Um, when I worked at a at a group home, there was one kid that if he didn't get the Subway cookies at the drive-thru, if they were cooking them, if they weren't available, whatever, there was like a coin flip chance I was getting stabbed with something if they didn't have them. So, yeah. Hey, they're good. They're good. They are, they are worth stabbing somebody over. I was telling Josh, man, those are like the, uh, a lot of these, a lot of these fast food places have really, you know, gotten in the cook, cookie game re- recently. And, yeah. uh, but Subway, they're like, they're like one of the originators of they're, it. They're one of the OG, mm-hmm. OG cookie places. Right. It makes sense. You're baking bread like all day long. Just yeah. Throw some cookies in there as well. Absolutely. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right, Johnny. Well, let's jump into it. Um, we're going to be talking NFC East offense and defense and not because you're our guest, but just because they happen to fall first in the alphabetical listing of teams here. We are going to start things off with the Dallas Cowboys. So what I'm going to do here, Johnny, I'm going to read through. These are the projected starters, uh, from the, uh, piece on NFL.com that Greg Rosenthal did. So it's not going to hit everybody. So we're Mm -hmm. feel free to throw in guys here that are maybe off the radar a little bit, but we're going to, I'm going to read off the starters for offense and defense, and then we'll discuss the fantasy targets on both sides of the ball. So projected starters for the Dallas Cowboys on offense, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and Blake Jarwin. On defense, at defensive tackle, you have Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. Defensive ends are Demarcus Lawrence and Tyrone Crawford. Uh, linebackers, Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. Uh, Chibodi Awuzie, I think is how you pronounce that, Johnny? Chidobi Awuzie. There you go. Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown at cornerback. And Xavier Woods and Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who we discussed on the last episode. Johnny, you guys got a serious hottie there uh, in the offseason. So congratulations. He's <laughs> a very handsome man. Uh, so let's talk through some targets here, gentlemen, and let's kick it off on the offense with the man who just signed his franchise tag. It's going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for about, I think it's like $35 million this year, Johnny. And we'll start with you because I know Cowboys Nation – it's a little split on Mr. Dak Prescott. Where do you come down on the Cowboys signal caller? Oh, I got him as quarterback four in Dynasty and overall. And anyone that split on him wasn't alive when uh, Quincy Carter was playing uh, <laughs> or any of those or any of those clowns that we just ran through year after year. Um, Dak is clearly a special guy. And yeah, yeah, here we go. I got Jimmy G on my mind. I'm talking about special guys and stuff. <laughs> it's like beating a little fast. I know. Starting I know. To sweat. Right, right, right. I'm getting excited. Um, but, <laughs> but no, seriously, like we haven't had a legit franchise quarterback since Romo and he was made of glass. So you could never really trust him or, you know, pay him like you could trust him. And I think Dak is that. 
And fantasy-wise, with his rushing floor, I mean, that's everything you could ask for right there. You're getting, you know, 50, 60, 70 rushing yards a game, maybe a rushing touchdown just to start, and then whatever he throws. And, you know, with that new offense they put in last year, he was on fire uh, for at least the first half of the season. If he can keep that pace going a little more this year, there's no reason why he won't be an easy QB1. And, uh, yeah, in Dynasty, I've got him going behind – the obvious guys, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, um, Murray, uh, sorry, not Murray, uh, Watson at three, him at four, Murray at five. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I like him for both actual NFL purposes and for fantasy. I think the bar is set like ridiculously high for, for, um, Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. It's kind of like the shortstop of the Yankees, you know, it's just judged a little differently. And I think Cowboys fans, uh, should you know? Should feel blessed that they have a guy as competent as Dak. Is he the best in the league? And on the NFL field, maybe not. But he is definitely you know a top twelve guy in my opinion. And for fantasy purposes, I totally agree. I have him at five right now, behind um, you know Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, and Deshaun Watson. But with these weapons, I mean, would anybody be shocked if he finished number one overall? No, no, absolutely not. Um, you know. I don't know if there's a if uh, a quarterback has a better situation in the league than Dak because you got the just the backfield of Zeke and Tony Pollard. Uh, that receiver room is now maybe the best in the league, uh, depending on if C.D. Lamb is immediately you know the real deal. Um, I'm a big fan of Blake Jarwin. Um, that offensive line is elite. I mean, really, there's there's not many quarterbacks that have that have a better uh, setup than Dak. My question is. Um, I, I mean, I love Zach. I love Dak for fantasy, but what would would Drew Brees do in that offense? Something like that, you know? That's are they being question. held back a little bit by Dak? Yeah, Johnny, what do you think? If you had stuck like, yeah, a Drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes behind that offensive line with those weapons, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, they, they'd both be better because we've seen what they're capable of. They they have what it takes to get it done in the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. But Dak is only on what year four here, I believe. Like, yeah. you know, and he's progressed significantly every season. He's taken leaps and bounds, and that's what I like to see. Yeah. Um, plus, in today's NFL. You kind of need a guy that can escape and a guy that can run because, I mean, you see, you guys saw the Donald video. You got defensive ends and defensive tackles training with knives, for Christ's sakes. Like, you need someone that can, you know, dodge and get away and not get killed. Like, that's Dak. It is true. I I like his build a lot more than, than guys like Kyler. Or, or even Deshaun, you know, he's built for it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably mm-hmm. like in terms of frame, because, you know, the top four guys that I just mentioned there, none of those guys are built like Dak. Yeah. Dak is built to be, I think, more durable. Like Johnny said, he has the rushing upside. Bobby, where are you coming down on Dak this year? I love Dak. I think I was thinking earlier about our um, redraft league and kind of where I would value Dak. I think Dak may be my QB three in redraft. You know, I love Kyler, I love Watson, but they both have kind of um, kind of moving parts right now on their offense. You know, Murray's going to have to deal with Hopkins and you know Christian Kirk, who is still newer. You know, um, and then Deshaun, poor Deshaun doesn't have anybody to throw to. It seems like this year, you know, when Will Fuller hurts himself week two, and you know Cooks gets a concussion. 
it's going to be the Randall Cobb show. So I feel awful for that guy. But, no, man, I love Dak. I, I think the rushing upside is always pretty positive. What do you have, like three or four rushing touchdowns last year? But, I mean, he's been a he's been a fantastic kind of a sleeper quarterback, honestly. Nobody really talks about him as much as they do the Lamars and the Mahomes and everything, but he should definitely be in that conversation. Yeah, let's talk about his uh, – you know, you could make a case for a lot of guys on the offense being the biggest weapon, but definitely the biggest weapon coming out of the backfield. And, no, it's not Tony Pollard, Bobby Reynolds, <laughs> but ah. it is Mr. Ezekiel <clears throat> Elliott. I mean, there's not a whole lot new that we can say about Zeke at this point. Well, he's got Corona. You can say that. <laughs> he does have Corona. So how are them lungs going to hold up after he recovers? He's got the rotor. Um, he got the re- got the rotor. Um, so the question mark for me is McCarthy. You know, it's – I think that he's an upgrade over Jason Garrett. Yes, he's an upgrade over Jason Garrett. <laughs> but it was only this last year that you finally saw a Packers running back and Aaron Jones – have this elite finish, you know, for years we've been chasing the upside of these Packers running back and it didn't happen until Mike McCarthy was out of town. And so Zeke is better than any of the running backs that McCarthy had in green Bay. Um, so if anyone else has any questions, I'll be happy to scoop Zeke up. If I'm at, you know, say the three or four or five spot in a, in a redraft league or a startup draft. Uh, but I do have questions around how McCarthy will use him. Johnny, are you buying into the McCarthy renaissance or, or what's your feelings now on the new head coach? Uh, I, I just think it's an improvement over Garrett. Garrett was emotionally dead inside and not a leader. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uninspiring, clearly not a genius, uh, you know, football wise or leadership wise. So whatever, I'll, I'll roll the dice with McCarthy. That's fine. Um, as far as Zeke is concerned, yeah, he's an incredible talent, a great athlete, and you know we don't have a choice. We're paying him ninety million dollars, so we're stuck uh, doing this, whether we like it or not. Hindsight Thanks, being, Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I you know after seeing the party shenanigans and the Corona stuff and just all the other off the field stuff he's had going on, plus just the way that running backs can be replaced so easy now, I would have rather just let him walk. You know, pay Tony Pollard the rookie contract, use that money to like actually go get Jamal Adams. Whereas now it's like, oh, Jamal Adams could go to the Cowboys. Like with what money? We don't have any money. You know what I mean? Um, We would have if we didn't pay a running back who's going to be past his prime in two, three years. So I love Zeke, but uh, I feel like our window would be bigger uh, and longer uh, without him. Oh, I like that. I love that. See what you did there, Johnny, and I'm very aroused. <laughs> Bobby, I know you've been hot and bothered by Pollard this offseason. How are you valuing Zeke with uh, the presence of your man crush back hey, there? Pollard. <laughs> so I went back to this tweet from um, back in May that I sent out, but Zeke is going to be 25 this year. Obviously, now they have Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. McCarthy in 2018, the Green Bay running back splits were, and I can't tell you who, maybe I can't tell you who, but 133 carries, 121 carries, and 26 carries. All the way back in 2017, 151 carries, 81 carries, and 71 carries. So I don't know, man. I'm concerned about Zeke. 
I think that McCarthy is going to use Pollard more than we, we really anticipate this year. I think that McCarthy probably helps Dak this year, um, maybe be a better redraft and a dynasty quarterback. But I think it's time to sell Zeke. I think not only because of his off-the-field shenanigans and obviously the coronavirus and everything, but I just think it's time to cash out. It's It's kind of sad now, too, that are we at the point in the NFL to where, you know, we're not going to have these long – like Barry Sanders type running backs anymore, just because of the way these contracts and the way that these, you know, running backs are being set up, you know, to, to only have so long in the NFL. It's really sad because I, I do think Zeke is an elite talent. That's so true. I thought about that the other day, like, um, you know, who's the, who's going to be the next Adrian Peterson? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I don't know that there is. I feel like maybe yeah. Jonathan Taylor fits that bill a little bit, but but I don't know, man. It's just the way teams value them now. Yeah. I don't know that you're going to see these team these players get these chances. I mean, maybe it's like AP at this point in his career where he's kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah. But he is a you talk about once in a generation talent. That's Adrian Peterson. Yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe Saquon's that guy. Maybe Jonathan Taylor's that guy, but. But yeah, it's like Our the team's 30... just going to wash, rinse, and repeat with these running backs? Right, yeah. yeah. Th- uh, 30-year-old running backs probably not going to be a thing for much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you wish there was a way to like flip the earnings of running backs where they could get paid right off the bat in the prime years of their career and not like most players who get paid you know, age 26, 27, 28. Yeah, the the running backs need to form their own union within the union. They really do. Unionception. <laughs> yeah, and right, right. A, a union within a union within a union. And uh, <laughs> Zeke's contract is going to screw things up for every other running back, too, and every other team. Look at what's going on with Dalvin Cook now. Imagine what they're going to have to pay Saquon when his contract is up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just completely crazy. And as far as Tony Pollard is concerned, he is one of the best best ball options there is out there yep. because of what you guys are saying with Mike McCarthy. And like when you're playing best ball, after you get past that first and second and third tier of guys that you know will get touches, the best thing you can get is a handcuff to a guy that gets a ton of touches like Zeke or CMC or something, someone like that. You know, Pollard is an ACL or a bad off the field decision away from a massive workload. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I look for in someone like that. Um, or a case of the COVID away from a massive workload. Right. Oh, wait. Right. He's immune now. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. He'll no longer catch the runner. So this is, uh, let's move on here to the wide receivers, Johnny. And this is a guy that the Cowboys paid a ton of money for. And you have, it's fair to wonder. Should Dak have been the first one to get paid as opposed to Zeke, then Amari Cooper, and now Dak stuck on the franchise tag and probably not super thrilled with the Cowboys at this point. But you have Amari Cooper under contract making a ton of money. For me, it's funny. He kind of fits into, and the, the comparison I'll draw here is to my favorite team, but he reminds me a little bit of T.Y. Hilton um, in that, He's too good. He's too talented to consistently disappear as much as he does. But just because that shouldn't be the case doesn't change the fact that, like T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper disappears for a lot of games. So I'll take him in best ball, Johnny, but I'm avoiding him otherwise this year. 
Yeah, same. I'm not real super huge on them. Um, and us getting CD Lamb real football-wise, I think, was huge because that gives us another option for when Cooper's having down days. Um, yeah, and, and part of the, the money thing is just, you know, I, obviously I pay pretty close attention to this team. Dak, personality-wise, is not someone that's going to sit out and screw the team over. It's just not going to happen. So they know if they take care of child Zeke Elliott and slightly bigger child Amari Cooper, um, they'll, that Dak will play no matter what. You know, he's not going to sit out. He may not get the contract he wants. He may deserve more money, but he's not going to sit out. And I think I know that. Hasn't Dak also been making like less than a million per year? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, he made like 500k last year. Yeah, yeah like he makes stupid. nothing. Now yeah. he's making the a cool 30, 30 plus. Yeah, 30, <laughs> yeah, 31.4. Yeah, this year it's insane. That's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. So Must that was the nice. thing too. Is like J- Jerry Jones knew he's like, look, this is like 700 times more money than Dak has made in his first like you know three years in the league. He's going to sign this franchise tag. Yeah, this is like yeah. this is like. Change your, you know, future like two generations down. Change their lives. That's the type of money we're talking about here. So I think you're right. I think he knew that Dak would play, or that Dak would play the good soldier, and they could take care of, you know, Elliot and take care of Amari Cooper, who may, who, who may have actually held out. Yeah, Zeke, Zeke definitely would have. Cooper, I don't know. I don't know enough about him. But He's such an enigma. I don't. I couldn't tell yeah. you the first thing about Amari Cooper. No, me neither. Yeah, what's uh, what are you feeling about Cooper this year, Addy? Um, yeah, always going to be a guy I avoid, uh, and I think you know, I think he's going to be a, a a extremely big headache again this year with with them adding CD Lamb. So uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm fine with him in best ball. If that uh, people still doing that, didn't best ball shut down? So FanDuel is supposed to be doing an update and adding it back in because they bought the draft app, but they've been saying that for like five months now and nothing's happened. So I don't know. Mm, I hope so. That was fun. That was I, a good time. I love drafts. I did like family drafts with like my family members who weren't big time into fantasy, but wanted yeah. to have a team. So yeah, we're not doing that this year. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> big loss. Uh, Bobby, what about you? Amari Cooper on your radar at all? Yeah, I don't really want to talk about Amari much. The only thing I will point out, I think Amari will probably double his rushing totals from last year. To two carries for twelve yards. There you so, go. That's a hot take. That's something to pay attention to. But now yeah. Amari's not the uh he's not the wide receiver here that I want to discuss, Josh. I was gonna say we've got a couple more. Uh and we can talk about these two guys together, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Because I think and Johnny, I'll lead it off here with you. Do you think CD Lamb coming in? Because I, I felt like there was a lot of positive buzz around Michael Gallup as a nice sleeper for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. yep. Did CD Lamb coming in kill your Gallup buzz a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. It 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 killed my Gallup buzz in fantasy, but it just changed it to a best ball buzz. And in real football, I'm so like beyond ecstatic that we got Lamb there that I could care I could care less that the Gallup buzz is hurt. That's fine. I'll live. Yeah, Bobby said this wasn't the Cowboys receiver you wanted to talk about with Amari Cooper. So which of these guys is tickling your fancy? I think I know. I think you know, Joshy. I think you know. I think it's Josh's 101 in all draft forms. That's what I said. Uh, CeeDee Lamb would have been uh, my 101 in rookie drafts, um, especially if they can get Dak signed long term. Like I said, I'm a Dak fan. 
but I just think CeeDee Lamb is going to be the next mm-hmm. guy, like the next like defining wide receiver of this of this kind of uh, you know next you know eight to ten years here. I hope so. Yeah. Man, it's so hard to kind of forecast these guys, though, because Cooper's still going to have big weeks. Um, he's going to be extremely frustrating because there's going to be a lot of weeks where he doesn't produce as much. But I think probably the main constant in Dynasty for the next couple of years has got to be CD. I mean, week-to-week production, he might not always lead the team, but I think as far as averages go, I think he'll probably see the highest average points per game for the next three to five years of these three guys, even though I love Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup is still super slept on. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that uh, Michael Gallup is on the Cowboys? Because Cowboys Gallup. ride horses yes. and <laughs> horses gallop. I think you're the first person to ever point that out, Eddie. I think I am. I think it's oh my gosh. right here, or the grown man strength. Hey, it's my have. year! Year of the Rona and year of the Addy happens just brilliant breakthroughs on the pod. We're a witness and you know genius here. Tip that cowboy hat. That's all he has to say about Gallup. Isn't, it, isn't, his, isn't his name just crazy? Hey, what about CD? It's yeah. like remember them. Oh, man. Well, let's talk about uh, a tight end here that's getting a lot of buzz, Addy, and I'll start with you on this one. How are you valuing Mr. Blake Jarwin this year in fantasy? Did you boys realize that Jason Witten had 83 targets last year? He was the tight end 12. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. He literally was in the booth two years ago. I know. So, So with that being said... I love Jarwin this year. Uh, in fact, I think that he could be the uh, the third option on that team. I think, you know, whoever wins that 2-3 receiver, they're going to be battling out for targets. I think Jarwin, as uh, as Dak has proved, he, he he loves to rely on that tight end. So I think Jarwin's going to benefit a lot from that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 83 targets for Witten. 83. For 83-year-old Witten. <clears throat> One target for every year he's been alive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For me, he is a top 10 uh, tight end target, and he could easily, easily finish higher because I think this Cowboys offense is just locked and loaded. It's an offense kind of like we've talked about the Bengals, the Cardinals, these offenses you just want to have pieces of. Yep. This is he's he's one of the tight ends that's in our in our auction for the XFFL, Johnny, and a guy that I will be trying to go after because I don't have a tight end right now. Hmm. Uh, would uh, would you are you bought in on the Blake Jarwin hype? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be the best comparison would be this year's Austin Hooper. You know, someone that didn't do much last year that just kind of explodes, and everyone's like, "Hey, another tight end we can use. This is great." Because because they're they're only like three others that, that that are worth anything so so gross the landscape has yeah. never been grosser for tight end yeah but but Dak even his rookie year and onward um always loved Witten as like a safety valve safety blanket type thing and uh Jarwin obviously has is is not a million years old and and has uh more athletic ability so he had some big plays last year he had some catch and runs that were really nice I, I like it. I think the whole offense is going to be incredible. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to this year. But that being said, I'm sure we'll find some way to screw it up. So, Johnny, do y'all run a lot of uh, twelve personnel? Oh, I I have, I have no idea. I, I'm, 
I'm I'm just I'm just a watch it guy, not a not a watch it on film guy. Well, I'm just saying from the standpoint of you know if they do run the ball more with those two tight end sets, I guess the question is going to be which of these wide receivers come off the field, you know, because Jarwin's going to be out there a lot. So does Gallup come off the field? Does freaking Cooper come off the field? And then you know run Lamb and Gallup out there, even though you're paying Amari. Oh man, the drama in Dallas this year is going to be crazy. Yeah, always is. It always is. Always is. That's. I think Johnny, (laughs) you were saying. You know, people hate on the Cowboys. You haven't been truly dominant since '95. I think the issue with that is, but even through all the mediocrity, you all have gotten five or six primetime games a year. So people have just consistently had the mediocre Quincy Carter-led Cowboys shoved down their throat, you know, in primetime year after year after year. So there's a little bit of Cowboys fatigue, but. Jerry Jones, he's kind of like a carnival barker. He knows how to bring people in and put on a show. So it's going to be fun, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But let's look at defense now, Johnny. That's what we're an IDP podcast. Let's talk a little defense. And uh, this is a team that's maybe a little spicier than in past years on defense. I'll be curious to get your take. Uh, We'll start with the, the sexiest position, defensive tackle. And we're going to start with Gerald McCoy, who low-key finished as the DT-17 in our XFFL league last year. So I think he's a fine D-tackle, too, uh, in required leagues. Where are you coming mm-hmm. down on McCoy, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I got him as a DT-2 or 3. Um, I'm not super big on Poe. I know you're going to talk about him in a second. He's just a run stuffer. There's no pass rush upside there, really. But McCoy was like a steal. You know, he he is a pretty good player, and we got him for a bargain. So, yeah, I was, I was really happy with that. Yeah, Addy McCoy just seems like one of those guys that is maybe getting slept on a little bit. I don't want him as my DT1, but, you know, if I can get mm-hmm. him as like a bye week fill-in or a guy injury replacement, it's a nice little piece for the Cowboys. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's he's getting up there in, in years, but uh, still a guy that had 42 pressures last year for the Panthers. So, I mean, you know, graded out pretty, pretty decent. I think he was a 72 overall. Not bad. Um, so, yeah, he, he'll be fine there. Um, y- you do hate that they lost uh, Robert Quinn. That's a big. Uh, that's a big blow. Yeah, and Bennett too. Bennett uh, as well, right? The, he was really that, low key good. Right when all three of those guys were pass rushing and just kind of rotating, like the pass rush actually looked pretty good. And now this year, it's like, oh, we'll let them walk, and we'll get Alden Smith, who hasn't played football since like the Carter administration, and uh, and, and we'll be fine. Like no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, not not great, Bob. Um, so yeah, Dontari Poe. Any interest in Poe? We don't have to spend too much time here, Johnny. Nope. Yeah, I mean, not a guy. Yeah, not really. Not really. Nope. So uh, we mentioned we don't have to get too much into Alden Smith because let's see if he actually like you know uh, can stay on the stay on the field. D- Johnny, did you the- say they have what's what's your cap situation like? Oh, it's bad. It's it's real bad. You um, guys don't like less than ten mil. Yeah, I think it's less than ten mil. Yeah. Be uh, I mean, there's still some vets out there. Be a, you know, that'd be a nice landing spot for someone like Everson Griffin. Yeah, that would be nice. I I think the Griffin thing is dependent on Clowney, and the Clowney thing's dependent on Griffin because they're yeah. like the two last big pass rushers that Evan signed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, according uh, to over the cap, they have eleven point two million. So they could space. get they could get someone they else. Could, they could probably mm-hmm. add somebody like yeah. um, 
They should. They, that's that's a need for him, I think. I don't think they could get Clowney at his price tag no. unless no. off of it. Yeah, Clowney's asking for like crazy money. Like, yeah. yeah. North of 15, closer to 20 maybe. So don't wow. think he's going to get it, especially with coronavirus concerns. Did y'all see this? Potentially wiping out $3 billion if fans aren't in the stands in 2020. Wow. Wow. Three Good billion Lord. dollars, and that's so, going to affect the salary cap potentially. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The you know speculation that the salary cap could go down, you know, forty percent or something crazy. Yikes! Oh, uh, good. So we'll see. Um, you know, I think you, that's the reason you're starting to see some of these stories trickle out. Like, oh yeah, the NFL is going to leave it up to the individual teams how they want to handle their uh, in-person attendance, and I'm like, it's a nightmare. A, that's not fair <laughs> because some teams won't be able to have fans in the stands, and B. Oh my God, what a nightmare. Like people are going to be dropping like flies from going to these NFL games. So, but it's all about the money. The NFL sees that number and they're like, we could take a couple COVID deaths for $3 billion. Why not? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you you guys saw they canceled the Hall of Fame game today, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. You saw that. That was supposed to be what? Cowboys Steelers? Yeah. Which would have been, you know, a nice quarter of football. It would have been nice. Um, So the thing is, when I, when I see the NFL and all this stuff, like, I just know that there there's too much money on the table for them not to do this. Like I'm not worried about the season getting canceled because that would mean all that money that they don't get. And they're far too greedy and, you know, that yeah, they're just too greedy. It's it's not going to happen. There's a 0% chance. I've been saying this all along. There's a 0% chance the season gets outright canceled unless half right. the league dies. Right. Like unless right. half the league gets the rona and passes away in one fell swoop, there's just too much money on the table. Yeah. And they've already announced that today training camps are going to start on time. That's July 28th for most teams. And the preseason is still up for debate. Obviously, they canceled the Hall of Fame game. I have a feeling they're going to cancel the entire preseason with the exception of one game. That's my yeah. prediction right now. I think as we get closer to the season, you'll probably see no fans in the stands for any team. That's just, that's been my prediction all along. I think to cut down the chances of anything coming in and screwing up the season for the NFL, they're just going to take the fans off the table, take the $3 billion hit and just ensure that the games move forward. So they can at least get the TV revenue. Mm-hmm. Yep. I so can we'll see. see. But uh, returning here to the Cowboys defense, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Johnny, you were saying that there's been a lot of buzz, a lot of uh, people predicting big seasons for D-Law this year. Where do you see him, you know, where do you see him kind of falling in the pecking order of defensive ends right now? Uh, He's probably like an end of tier one guy, like, I don't know, DE 10, 11, 12, something like that. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be more than happy with like having him as my DE two, pairing him with like Garrett or Hunter uh, any of the che- any of the cheek clappers, I'd be happy with, and then have him as like the other guy. Yeah, yeah. he's been known to clap a few cheeks in his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a guy I think people are going to sleep on. People are going to forget. I'm not going to necessarily pay up for him, but if he's one of those guys that, yeah, if he falls to me and I can get him as my like DN two or something, oh my god, I'm absolutely yeah. thrilled about. Yeah, him. 
Yeah, I don't think you'll have to pay up for him. I mean, at least in my experience in the drafts that, and, and I know Johnny's been in these same drafts, but he he's going, you know, around that DN fifteen to eighteen oh, range. That's typically. beautiful. Give me that but, all day. I mean, he's he. I think he's more. He's one of the more obvious bounce back candidates for this year at defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I'm worried about him not having as much help though. Like, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Robert Quinn and his 57 yeah. pressures and 12 sacks, those are gone. So, God, right, um, he had 12 right. sacks last year. I 12 sacks for, for, uh, yeah, him and uh, Hubbard were like the two greatest waiver wire pickups for defensive line last year. This is PFFs. So they don't use, they don't count half sacks. Half sacks. Come so. on, PFF. Oh, yeah. uh, Johnny, have you experienced this? Like, it is impossible to find reliable defensive stats. Uh, football Outsiders is different. Pro Football Reference is different. PFF is different. Have you experienced any of this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I usually just go to ESPN and like go to their profile. Man, it's, it's maddening though. I guess it, you just got to pick your source and just stick with it. Pretty much. Sake, pretty know, much. Yeah. Wherever you're getting your numbers from, stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bobby, how are you feeling about Demarcus Lawrence this year? Ah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be great. He just, it just doesn't really excite me this year. I was hoping for, um, the whole Yannick trade during the draft to Ooh. find out that they were going to pair him and people could actually see him on TV because nobody ever sees games out of Jacksonville, but it uh, didn't happen. I wonder what his franchise tag number is. It's probably north of whatever Dallas has still got. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure. But anyways, yeah. I'd say, I would say DN, DN franchise tag has to be like north of $15 million, I would Yeah, think. so we're good there. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. Talk about some linebackers. Demarcus Lawrence is, you know, not a great dynasty piece. Already 28 years old. So Mm -hmm. I think for redraft purposes, I love him in 2020. If Mm -hmm. he were to flash and show some potential, maybe a guy I'm trying to sell high on in dynasty just because of the age. 28 years old, Demarcus Lawrence. Sneaky 28. And, Johnny, you're right, too. I made a trade this week and uh, traded Aaron Donald for DeForest Buckner in the DT premium league. And um, I feel fine about it. I think Donald is going to see a ton of double teams this year because, you know, and Duncan Sue's been gone for a while. Now no Dante Fowler. Um, You got Leonard Floyd, who's kind of yucky to me. I mean, he'll be fine, but I think Donald's going to have a rough year this year. I think he's going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of multiple guys in his face, but I think the Marcus Lawrence could be the same, you know, Hopefully he has a nice bounce back. We we hope that for Dallas and we hope it for Demarcus because he's a great talent. But man, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I hope we sign someone, some other kind of help before we, all uh, need some help. we get there. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think I think people are holding off on free agency right now. We're just kind of mm. holding pattern with everything going on. So yeah. I think there'll be a flurry of moves here. I think everyone's just kind of sitting there looking at each other. Like waiting for the other party to blink, and then once it goes, it's going to be an avalanche of moves. Because um, guys Josh, are going to start. There's just dominoes waiting to fall. Josh, you got to call this guy by his correct name. The next guy, uh, Johnny. I'll let, we'll let you uh, talk about him a little bit. Uh, the uh, LB there for Dallas, Leighton Vanderneck, is what I like to call him. Leighton. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so we've been beating this drum all off season. We're not big on LVE, so. <laughs> Where are you coming down on the neck himself? Well, well, first of all, have you guys seen the South Park episode where Cartman's mom gets crapped on? No, I can't. 
she's she's in like a German Scheiser video, and the guy's like Eschbein Scheiser, and she goes <laughs> and she goes Okie dokie. Um, but that sounds like Van Der Esch's last name, so that's what we call him is Leighton Van Der Eschbein Scheiser. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. I don't, Josh. I like mine better. Lighten but it was funny, Johnny. Very funny, Johnny. What, Thank you. What's your take on him? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It a lot. So it, it, it feels like people are either all the way in or all the way out. Uh, there's no, like, warm, gooey center on this one. I've got him as, like, an end of linebacker one, start of linebacker two, maybe, like, 14-15, LB 14-15. If he can stay healthy. And if he no, 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 no. I was just going to say, in, in our lads, I don't know if you guys use them for depth charts. They're because no one does offseason depth charts, right? Our like, lads is great. Yeah, they're one of the only ones that do. I was looking at it, at it the other day. They've got Sean Lee as weak side, Jalen Smith as little, a middle linebacker, and uh, Leighton Vander Esch as strong side linebacker, which makes no sense at all. Um, you know, that's not what they were doing last year when he was healthy. So I don't know where they're getting that from. Um, but I don't know. But but if he if he plays like he did when he was healthy, I, I think you're looking at I don't know like seven to ten combined tackles a game. That's great. That's like a Matt Milano type stat line every week. Oh, absolutely. It sucks just because you know we all love the talent of LVE, but when you just have a guy who is one injury away from hell being paralyzed, being out of the league. It's just so scary. Yeah. You you wish you didn't have this like dark cloud hanging over him, but that's all I can think about is, Oh yeah, he could be really good. But what if he has one bad tackle? Yeah. LVE definitely has on a week to week basis. I think he has, you know, high end upside. I think he's, I think he's, you know, one of the top linebackers, but it always comes down to me. Uh, can I count on this guy to be there for me weeks 14 through 16 when I need him in the playoffs? Mm. And uh, that's not someone that I trust, especially late into the year uh, to be there for me. So I'm usually going to avoid him in pretty much every format because of that. But I like his talent. He's going to, when he's out there, he's going to be productive. He's going to be, he's going to get you, you know, linebacker one numbers. It's just, you know, you got to cross your fingers the whole year. Yeah, mm, and if you yeah. have if you're holding LVE right now, I think he's a great sell just yeah. because people still they love he just has I don't know if it's name recognition or the Dallas Cowboys star, but people are still so high on LVE. I don't think the perceived value matches what he's actually worth. So if I've got him, <laughs> I'm looking to flip him just because I think I could get a really nice return for him. Yeah. Yeah, you could just handcuff him too. Just grab Sean Lee, and you're all set. There you go. Yeah, do that as well. Yeah, handcuff him with another guy, another white guy with a you know a streaky I, injury history. I, I did not want to say it, but that's what I was going to say. <laughs> is is yes, we we just went ahead and did the same shit just more recently. You know what I mean? Like, who's another white linebacker that people will love, but that has a really you know checkered injury history? Luke Keekley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they got the, the Leighton. Sean, Luke, Luke. Would be would. Yeah, it'd be like the white bros with the popped, you know, collars and the boat shoes on. Yeah, uh, they're just hazing the younger, yeah, just, younger rookies, just tying them to the goalposts and throwing their underwear, you know, in the river, putting stuff up their butts. 
Adam was in a whole different world of hazing going on when he was younger. I don't That's know. right. Still, still think about it every night. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's move on to the other linebacker there in Dallas, Jalen Smith. My question for you, Johnny, do you think he's being a bit overvalued right now? He finished as the LB12 in 2019, but I feel like I see him going like LB5, LB6 right now. What's your temperature on Jalen Smith? Yeah, I've seen a lot of guys in IDP Twitter. We're guilty of it, too. I think IDP dude had him at two overall in his rankings for linebackers behind uh, behind Darius occasionally plays Leonard. Um so, 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 I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's obviously a little hype there. And if you look at it last year, a lot of that production came without Vander Esch there and with Sean Lee, you know, there sometimes playing 70, 80% of snaps, uh, you know, if, if LVE does stay healthy, then you're looking at a slash in production this year. It's, it's not going to be what we all think it is. I, I love Jalen Smith. If I can get him as my linebacker, like end of tier one linebacker. That's great. If I can get him as my linebacker too, that's even better. Um, and I'm not scared of him or anything. I just think that, yeah, we are overhyping a little, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Jalen Smith. I know this is a guy you've tried to acquire for about three years now. So, uh, are you still very high on Jalen, Jalen Smith? I love Jalen Smith. Oh, I love him so much. Still 25 years old. Um, his tackle numbers last year is pretty awesome. He got a couple sacks last year, which I didn't really know about three. It looks like a couple forced fumbles. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that he follows up with another good year. I, I don't know. I kind of see him as a man. I don't really know where I have him as far as in my top five. He's definitely in my top five. I'm not sure who I would, you know, take over him, but I guess probably the health of LVE is probably why i value Jalen Smith more. I don't think LBE is going to be on the field as much as maybe people are hoping he's going to be, which in turn to me makes Jalen Smith more valuable. So I guess it's not really making Jalen Smith more valuable for Jalen Smith's sakes as much as it is like his surroundings making me draft him a little bit higher. So I love Jalen Smith. If I could buy him, I definitely would. But mainly we all know, we all know all that cookie crumbles. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, the guy who owns Jalen Smith in our main league, Johnny. Anytime you send him a trade request, God love him. It's just, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and props to him. He leaned into the brand and changed his team name to Mr. Nah, I'm good. Uh, mm-hmm. this offseason. So we're very proud of him. Love you, nice. Jim. Love you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Defending yeah. champion. I love you too, Jim. And uh, <laughs> and just in in like real football wise, though, like I absolutely love Jalen Smith. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. You guys remember that tackle against the Saints a couple years ago where he stopped Kamara from scoring a touchdown on like a swing pass? Oh yeah. Like no one else in the league would have been. That was Kamara in the open field with like a two three yard lead on him, and he mm-hmm. ran ran him down, caught him, and stopped that from being a touchdown. Cowboys won that game by like three points. Was that the one where they were they were down near the goal line? He reads the play and then just takes off sprinting, I think, to his left. Yeah. And tracks Kamara down. And yeah, that was one of my favorite plays from that season. I always remember that. Absolutely love. And you love, I mean, you know, the fact he overcame the drop foot mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. sat out his rookie year, got the big contract. I think we all love Jalen Smith. And, um, you know, there's no reason not to love him in IDP this year. 
I do think it's fair to wonder if he's going to return on that value. But, uh, you know, if you can get him maybe closer to like LB, you know, eight to 10 range, I'm a little more comfortable there. Top five, maybe not as much, but I don't fault anybody who has him up that high. You know, I could definitely see him returning on that value. I just, you always, you have to have questions when a guy is up that high, just because especially like linebacker turns over so much year to year that um, it's just a tough position to predict. And like we've talked about before, Johnny, linebacker is stupid deep this year. <clears throat> yeah. And and another thing, like, th- so my thought on guys like him, like another guy would be like Tremaine Edmonds, right? <clears throat> yeah, he goes stupid high a lot. But if you spend that, you are guaranteed linebacker one production. You're guaranteed that. You don't have to worry about it. You spent it. You got him. You're getting LB1 production. Anytime you grab Jalen Smith or Tremaine Edmonds or guys like that, yes, you might have to overpay a little bit, but you're not going to worry about them like screwing you every other week or any of that stuff. Like you're guaranteed the LB1 production, which is nice. I've said that before. Peace of mind is is a definite thing. Yeah. Premium for peace of mind. Yeah. 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 Let's uh, let's touch briefly here on the handsome one himself, (laughs) Maha Clinton Dix. Um, only bring him up just because uh, the safety situation is not great there in Dallas. Uh, the other guy being Xavier Woods. This is a team that could definitely use Jamal Adams, but for right now, Haha is the safety of note there. So I'll have to look it up. I was surprised he was safety twenty-two in our league last year. So I'm fine taking him as like my safety three, maybe like a bye week filling guy, Johnny. But not a guy I'm going to be looking to start week in and week out. What about you? Yeah, big same. I'm with you. I'm not super into it. Uh, if I'm looking at the defensive backs on the Cowboys, give me Awuzie and give me uh, Trayvon Diggs as streamers against like Philly or if we play an NFC South team because they all throw a million times. Give me one of those guys. You know what I mean? Like safety, I'll go elsewhere for safety. I'm all set. Yeah, Johnny, we're going to need you to bring up the cornerbacks here. That's kind of your baby over at IDP, guys, right? During the season, you all put out, you know, week to week, these cornerback matchups that you all like. Yeah, we're truly, truly sick in the head over at IDP, guys. That's degenerate status right there. Yeah. Highest order. Right. Nobody likes playing with cornerbacks, but uh, I'm I'm doing an entire article just on streaming cornerbacks this year, and that's like, that's something I love quite a bit. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, we're big on them. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, it uh, it took us 53 minutes, but we got through <laughs> fast food talk and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So let's flip over to the New York Giants now and uh, projected starters for these guys. We'll burn through these real quick and then hit some fantasy targets. So on offense, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton at wide receiver, Evan Ingram at tight end. On defense, Dalvin Tomlinson at defensive tackle. At defensive end, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. At linebacker, you have Kyler Fackrell, Blake Martinez, and Lorenzo Carter. Cornerbacks are James Bradbury, Sam Bill, and Corey Ballantyne. And at safety, you have Jabril, Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball with damn Daniel Jones. Um, Johnny, I see... Daniel Jones as a great second quarterback in a two QB league. Um, the more I looked at this, this, uh, you know, uh, cast of weapons he has here, I think he could surprise some folks. 
Yeah, he had some big games last year. He had a couple of four touchdown games. He could throw for some yards. He looked okay. They didn't. It didn't look nearly as bad as everyone thought it would be on draft night. Um, yeah, I think he makes a great dynasty quarterback for down the road, a great best ball quarterback for those random weeks against the Redskins where he destroys them, and uh, a good super flex quarterback or quarterback two in two QB leagues. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with it. Love it. Bobby, what's your uh, what's your take on Mr. Jones this season? Yeah, I was uh, mowing the yard yesterday and uh, listening to a podcast, and they were big on Daniel Jones and tried to buy him in the main league just to maybe get rid of an old vet, but uh, the uh, owner wasn't having it. So I like Daniel Jones a lot. If you look at the, the people that are around him, you look at his company of receivers, um, his receivers are pretty quick, not to mention Everett Ingram. I will talk about Saquon and everything, but Daniel Jones could be a nice little uh, Duke University sleeper this year. Hey, shout out Coach K. Yeah, definitely, definitely the best player from Duke, probably in the NFL. I don't know maybe, how long that list is, but yeah, maybe ever. Yeah, he's he's at the top of the list. Yeah, number two, Duke Johnson. <laughs> Thank you, Addy. That's true. Uh, he did go to Duke, just honorary Duke student. Yeah, that's a great question. Was, uh, was uh, Daniel Daniel Jones? He's got higher upside than Duke Johnson, right? Yeah, to... academically, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out where Duke Johnson went to college at. You throw me for a total loop here. What you've been in a lot of you've done a lot of superflex leagues this off season. Uh, what where are you, what's the temperature on Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think people are pretty hip to Daniel Jones this year. Um, you know, like Johnny mentioned, he did have some games last year where he he exploded and and put up you know forty points. Um, I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still not a huge believer yet. I need to see it again before I uh, before I recommend going out and buy him in Dynasty because I don't know I don't know about the staying power. You know, this is going to be a big year for him. Um, and yeah, the weapons are okay, but um, they're not that great. You know, you got Evan Ingram who has has trouble staying on the field. You got Golden Tate who's getting up there in a lot years. Of health concerns. Darius Slayton, who we were impressed last year with with what he was able to do, but. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much. Uh, I'm not sure how good he actually is, and and how much of that wasn't just the chemistry him and him and Daniel already had. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, definitely a few young guys to work with. Um, and Superflex for this year, I'm a big fan. I think he's a great number two quarterback to have for you. Definitely don't don't recommend him being your your number one. No, don't don't roll the dice with that. But uh, my dude had, I believe, 16 fumbles. Last yeah. season, but if you're you know in in uh, redraft leagues, like he's a he's a fine streaming option. Like I'll I'll be totally fine, you know, ha- having Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins and someone else late, and just you know playing matchups every week or, or somebody off the waivers. Yeah, I do worry, like you said, the staying power because what if he's not the guy in New York, and all of a sudden you've got a QB who's uh, Jameis Winston, you know, looking yeah. to revive his career somewhere. So I think yeah. there's a little. I agree. From a fantasy perspective, I think he has the potential to surprise some people. From an NFL perspective, I'm not sold yet. I need right. a little more to kind of figure out if I'm in on Daniel Jones yet. Hmm. So um, the weapon out of the backfield, we all know Saquon Barkley, either the 101 or 102 right now in uh, in startup drafts. But for some reason, and I don't know what it is, maybe it's the you know the other guys, the rookies, whatever. I feel like Saquon is being slept on a little bit. 
this off season. He's just not getting a lot of buzz from what, you know, I'm hearing, you know, a lot of talk about other running backs in particular, but maybe it's just because he's so locked and loaded. Maybe it's because some owners got burned last year because of the high ankle sprain. Um, I don't know. I, I think Saquon could have an absolutely like Christian McCaffrey type monster season coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone just pencils in CMC to repeat as the number one. That usually doesn't happen. Now, CMC may be an exception to that rule. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to be surprised at all uh, if, if Saquon is, is the number one running back, you know? Um, yeah, he, he he's you're right, though. There hasn't been the hype that's usually there, but, you know, he's he's been pretty much the consistent number two overall pick in, in every draft I've done. So, um, yeah, he's he somehow has become kind of unsexy. <laughs> yeah, for some weird reason. Johnny, uh, Saquon, is Saquon or Christian McCaffrey right now for you? One on one. Oh, CMC. Not by much, CMC. though. And I've seen Saquon fall like <laughs> I don't, I couldn't tell you how many best balls I've done. I'm up to like 70 something right now. Um, and I've seen him go as late as like 106, um, which is wild. So, yeah, there's definitely some people like don't remember what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Like this, this like elite level athleticism, like maybe the biggest yeah. freak athlete in the NFL. And that's saying something. But he did have Odo Beckham out there with him, you know. Um, taking away attention and mm-hmm. opening up the defense. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, what if, if Daniel Jones is bad and doesn't do well, it could be like a, you know, one of those situations where you, it's just a black hole running back as well. That's true. They're stacking mm-hmm. the box. Cause they know Daniel Jones is either going to fumble or throw it to the other team. Yep. Uh, Bobby Saquon this year. How you feeling? But, I don't know. I'm not taking him at my 102 this year. There's other people. Kamara's my 102 right now behind CMC. If we just want to talk about running backs and, and potential for this year, um, we want to talk about high ankle sprains from 2019 and how people were hindered. Kamara is my clear 102, but I don't know. Saquon, I think y'all are right. I mean, I don't know. They're going to make Daniel Jones throw the ball. And if he sucks, man, it could be a long year for Saquon. But it's crazy to look back to 2018 and he ran 142 yards week 11, 101, 125, 170 yards week 14. You know, so good gosh. He's so good. Crazy. But that's didn't really give you an answer. But yeah, best of luck. Yeah. Well, you did with the with the, you know Camara as your 102. That's that's telling. Um and Johnny, the fact that you've seen him as did you say as far down as 105 or 106? Yeah, yeah, in uh in a couple of the best balls. Um they were super flex, so a couple quarterbacks went. Okay. But but still it'd be like CMC, Michael Thomas, uh Kamara, Zeke, Saquon, which is weird, you know. Um but something I mean, yeah, if they force Jones to beat them, that's not probably going to go well for anyone. Uh, However, they have been working on their offensive line for years now through the draft. And and Saquon is the type of athlete where he he just needs, you know, to break one or two tackles and he's gone. Yeah. And, it, and it's to the house. And that that means, you know, I, I still remember his his rookie year, his first game he played against the Jacksonville and they were getting crushed. And he was doing nothing the entire game. Third quarter, he broke two tackles, 
ran 70 something yards to the house and that made his entire day in one play right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's as long as you got that, I think yeah. he'll be okay. He is that type. He is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That can bust a long run. So let's play uh, one of our favorite games here, Johnny, with this three pack of wide receivers. Keep track <laughs> cut. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. And since you are our guest, my friend, we will let you go first. Keep trade cut. The New York Giants wide receivers. Okie dokie. I will keep Sterling Shepard. I will trade Golden Tate. Oh, wait a minute. Keep trade cut, right? Not keep bench cut. Yeah, keep trade cut. Shit. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep Sterling Shepard. I will trade... Golden Tate, um, and the other one, Slayton, whatever it was. Whatever. What about F. Mary Kill? How does that How does that change the equation, Johnny? Oh, uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, anyone but Jimmy G. <laughs> All right, I love it. Bobby, what about you? Uh, keep trade cut, the Giants wide receivers. Um, keep Golden Tate, cut... Sterling Shepard, trade Darius Slayton. Bingo. I'm on the same page as Bobo. Addy, what about you? I agree. Agree. All right. Yeah. Dang, that's the big three. Wow. Right there. That's some big three synergy right Johnny. there. Johnny, you blew it. I did. <laughs> it was just so hard in the pants for uh, female Jimmy G that he was a little distracted. <laughs> Absolutely. So what you guys are, I mean, are you thinking like redraft with that or is that dynasty or – I'm thinking that Slayton has a lot of buzz right now because of what he did last year. So I'm going to trade high while the, you know, while the buzz is, is still going on. Mm-hmm. Shepard has just never done anything for me. I had him a few years ago. <laughs> Johnny, you have a cat? I that's, do. Dude, that scared the mess out of me. <laughs> I was looking at the notes. I didn't see it, thank God. I was like, what is my Johnny's head? <laughs> Just this long, like, arm thing moving around behind his head. That was crazy. Sorry, guys. There's a hairy alien in the house. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, yeah, to answer your question, Johnny, um, I don't know. If I have to trust one of these guys, I probably trust Golden Tate. Um, So I'm going to try to cash out on Slayton, and I just – Shepard does nothing for me. So that's that was my rationale. Yeah. It's a good point. There is a difference in Dynasty versus Redraft. But uh, I think Slayton has the most – perceived value right now but i could also see him see him being a bust so maybe you get out get out from underneath that now while people are still high on him i agree mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i don't know that i'm necessarily banking on any of these guys for dynasty purposes because i don't know about daniel jones yet so they're all super cheap though oh, so i are. mean yeah you know yeah. if you believe in jones and you believe in slayton for instance yeah absolutely he'd make a great stash uh now but- ingram's not cheap he is no. not cheap. And let's go ahead and just and segue. Oh, real quick. Duke Johnson went to Miami, not Duke. That's very right. sad. And <laughs> then um, the other notable player from Duke is actually Jamison Crowder. Oh, so you oh, can make wow. the case that Crowder is actually the better, the better Dukey right now in the NFL. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Evan Ingram. Adam, we'll start with you because this is a guy that you own there. So in the drafts that you, I know you've done a ton of uh, startup drafts this this off season. 
how are people valuing Evan Ingram right now? Well, I mean, he's he's being valued very highly. He's going pretty much top five tight end in every cool. draft that I've done. Does that feel right? Top five? Not to me. Um, I I mean, I get that. Yeah, it could pay off. He if he stays healthy, he could easily return that value. Um, but it's I don't believe that he's going to stay healthy, and there's still a lot of unknown. I, I I was impressed with the with the Daniel Jones connection last year, so I I did like that. Encouraged by that. Um, always been a big fan of Ingram, but it's just the health stuff that I worry about and that price tag. I mean, there's just other other tight ends that you know I like a little later that I think have less risk than Ingram that high. Yeah. I think it's one of those I'm going to maybe try to grab one of the top three guys or just go for one of these later dart throws like an Irv Smith or a John or a Blake Jarwin. Ingram just falls, especially with the injury history, into that category of with how much people value him, I'm probably not going to have him on a lot of my rosters this season. Johnny, what about mm. you? Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Um, I've got him in a few places, and that's just because the tight end landscape is horrible. But for price, yeah, give me Hayden Hurst, you know, for a much better price. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even give me Eric Ebron landing with the Steelers. That's actually not a bad idea. Like Jarwin, I mean, Jonu Smith. There's so many of these guys. Right, Kate. Whoever Adam said this week is going to play tight end. <laughs> they need somebody, man. Hey, dude, that would be sick. That would I mean, be I know he doesn't really have the size, uh, but man, I would, I would try and find a way to get you know four or five receivers out there. I would too, especially mm-hmm. with Joe Burrow slinging it around. Yeah, Bobby, yeah. I know you, you're, you, you lit up there when Hayden Hurst's name got brought up. You were hyping Hurst this, uh, this week on Twitter. But where, where are you seeing Ingram? Like, let's. Let's kind of think about the tight end landscape. Where is he going in your mind? Is he, are you comfortable taking him at like seven or eight? Do you want him at all? As the New Yorkers say, forget about it. That's pretty good. (laughs) Hey, I'm walking here. (laughs) I love that New York has like a few sayings and they're all just like generally like, uh, you know, very rude. Yeah. You know, Evan Ingram missed five games in 2018. I think he missed six games last year. So, you know, his ADP is not matching, you know, the, even the freaking games played that you're getting out of him. But I agree with Johnny 1,000%. Freaking Hayden Hurst, man. You're walking into the, you know, freaking Hooper role. And I don't think Hooper is otherworldly. You know, shout out to our boy Fantasy Guru Bros. The more I've thought about it, it might be worth chasing tight ends that are in good tight end pedigree, you know, systems. You know, you look at the – yeah, I mean, I got into this freaking stupid Twitter, like, hour-long conversation with this guy. Nice guy, intelligent, but just trying to explain to him why I don't want to chase Austin Hooper's 2019 stats now that he's with David and Joku and Baker Mayfield – Versus Hayden Hurst in Atlanta, who just took Hooper's role. You know, Hayden Hurst was a pick before Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, which is insane. But, dude, Hayden Hurst could be a freaking top three tight end this year. Like, I know that's really, really high, but look at the role that he's walking into. Um, Jacob Tammy. Austin Hooper was tight end one. Yeah. Austin Hooper, Jacob Tammy, Tony Gonzalez. I mean, Atlanta's had some really good tight ends over the last 10 to 15 years. 
I love hey. you working Tammy hey, in there. Hey, 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 hey. The, the proof's in the pudding, baby. <laughs> Another famous New York saying as well. Thank you. All right. Well, let's let's jump to the defense, Johnny. We're only going to talk about three guys here so we can keep this thing moving. Yeah, New that York, works for me. There's not much there. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's not much to look at here on the that's why I think there is a chance this offense is just going to be, you know, maybe better overall than what we expect for fantasy purposes, because this team could be in a lot of shootouts, a lot of negative game scripts, because the defense is very much not good. Uh, so we're going to talk about Blake Martinez, Jabril Peppers, and Xavier McKinney. And let's start with Blake Martinez. Are you higher or lower on Martinez this year, Johnny, with him switching over to the Giants? A little bit lower because we don't know the role. We knew the Green Bay role. We knew the Green Bay snaps. We knew what he was responsible for in Green Bay. And we knew it was going to get you anywhere from 144 to like 153 tackles combined per season. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if the sun rises, he's getting those numbers type thing. Uh, whereas in New York, we have no idea. Um, completely different scheme, too, I believe, with the 3 4. Um, or actually, no, Green Bay is a 3 4 as well, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's just a different role. So I'm not as big on it. Um, the only guys I really like on New York are James Bradbury as a streaming corner, uh, most definitely. Um, Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson in Dynasty. Uh, Blake Martinez, if the price is right, uh, and Peppers in McKinney as my like safety too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. I've had my doubts about Martinez. It's hard to sometimes we've talked about this separate the fact he's maybe not the best NFL linebacker from the fact that he's like a top tier IDP producer. So I tend to not like give him the credit that he is owed with how consistent he's been year after year. I mean, all he's done is be an LB one, right? The past few years. And so I'm done. I'm done doubting him. He should have lots and lots of opportunities for tackles there in New York. So as long as he stays healthy, I don't see a world that he's not a, a, a linebacker one and probably like a top six or eight guy. Yeah. Yeah. The advanced statistics are never too kind to Blake Martinez. Um, but I agree, man. I mean, he's, he's going to be the guy getting them. He's going to be the tackle leader there again. And I think, uh, you know, we saw them, we saw them pay him $30 million over three years and it's Dave Gettleman. So, I mean, Gettleman's going to use him, and he's going to, he's going to have, he's going to have that, uh, that inside job locked up. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine another 140, uh, plus tackle season is coming. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby, um, Blake Martinez, interested this year? Um, I mean, you have to be, don't you? Um, just because of the name and what he's always done. You know, in the in the words of Adam's tweet today, uh, the roof is the ceiling, baby. You know, so with Martinez, you kind of have to buy him, even though you don't really want to. I'm more excited about these next two guys. Um, Jabril Peppers only had one game under um, double-digit scoring last year, which is pretty sweet. And then in our our RSO league, um, he gets points, obviously, for returning punts and returning kicks, which is a huge bonus in RSO. Um, But with him and McKinney, I think him and McKinney could both be nice safety twos this year. I don't want to compare them to John Johnson and Taylor Rapp because there's not a Blake Martinez in Los Angeles, but – 
I think they could both be productive safeties this year. Yeah, Johnny, you mentioned you know Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, both being guys you're comfortable with as your safety two. Any preference toward uh, one of those guys over the other? Oh, man, that's actually tough. Uh, to be honest, I, I would just wait and see what happens because uh, McKinney's walking into the <clears throat> Bethea role, which was super productive. But, you know, he's a rookie, and, and Bethea isn't. Bethea's been putting up, you know, incredible safety one seasons for over a decade, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, McKinney, we just don't know. And, and Peppers uh, had that injury, which is a little concerning. And then it's, yeah. also, it's also like we never saw – what he was capable of in Cleveland. He had to go to New York to actually start putting up numbers. So I'm not completely sold on it yet. So I don't know which one I want out of the two. It's more like a wait and see. Um, I'm, I'll probably have shares of both, especially in sleeper. Cause uh, yeah. peppers peppers is like everything except defensive line and sleeper basically. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll, uh, we'll call it a wrap there on the uh, New York giants. And move now to the Philadelphia Eagles, Johnny. I'm sure uh, one of your favorite teams to talk about uh, being a Cowboys fan. But let's hit some projected starters. So on offense, you're looking at Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders. I put Alshon Jeffrey in there just because he's a guy we need to talk about. But you also, starting the year, doesn't look like he's going to be on the field, probably on the pup list. So the other Mm. wide receivers of note there, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, Tight end, you have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, the sucker-punched one himself. My God, Johnny, did you see the video of our boy Dallas just getting waylaid? Yeah, I did. That was pretty wild. Um, Sucks, man. Mm Now, before he hit the floor, Johnny, have you been in any kind of uh, bar brawls before? No, I got got jumped before I had my arm broken. Um, But no, no uh, bar brawls. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Uh, because we don't want you winding up on this uh, video on TMZ, Johnny, you know, where you're just <laughs> getting decked and because your pants would for sure fall off as you were going to the ground. <clears throat> you might defecate on yourself. You that's definitely not a look. would. Yeah. <laughs> that we want for you, Johnny. We love you too much. Yes. I guess uh, Sam released that video. Our our former writer and uh, Scott Fishbowl champion there. Yeah, Stompy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Defense, we have Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave at defensive tackle. We'll be talking about those guys. That is a sick combo. Yeah. Uh, Derek Barnett at defensive end. Nate Gary and TJ Edwards at linebacker. Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, and Nickel Roby Coleman at cornerback. And Rodney McLeod. McLeod? McLeod, yeah. McLeod. And Jalen Mills at safety. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Carson Wentz. Johnny, I don't know about you, and I know set, set your Eagles hatred aside for just a second. Mm-hmm. I'm just not that into Carson Wentz this season, and I can't put my finger on it. Or where are you coming down on Wentz right now? Yeah, I don't even I don't even hate the Eagles. They beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, so I have no problem That's with true. them or the Giants because they also beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl a couple of times. The only team I actually dislike is the Patriots. Um, but yeah, putting all that aside. Carson Wentz, yeah, I've got him like dynasty startup wise behind the the normal like five or six, the guys with the running floor, um, you know, just because the potential's there. 
And we saw it that year that he almost went to the Super Bowl, but then got injured because he's made of glass and he gets injured every year. Um, and Nick Foles went and won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, we've seen that he can put up these big seasons and they're starting to get weapons around him. So I see the potential, but I think I'm with you. I don't have a ton of shares. And if I'm going that early where he normally goes for quarterback, there are other guys I'd rather have around there. Bobby, what about you? Yeah. I don't care for Wentz. I have him for some time now, and uh, what's his name? Jalen Rager hasn't changed that for me. So, pass. Hard pass. It's it's tough for me, I think, to separate the fact that he's just hurt so often. That is like what memory comes to mind for me with Carson Wentz is he missed the Super Bowl. You know, he had Josh McCown playing on a torn hamstring because he was not in the game. Yeah. Like my dude tore his hamstring off the bone and played the rest of the game because Carson Wentz could not stay healthy. So mm-hmm. I just, Adam, you talked earlier about not a guy you can trust with, uh, you know, LVE weeks 14 through 16. I just see Carson Wentz the same way. And I think that's why sure. I'm off of him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people share that same sentiment though. So that's always a good time to buy somebody like that because he does have tons of talent around him. You know, we Ertz wasn't really healthy last year. Alshon obviously wasn't healthy. Jay jaw also wasn't healthy. Um, so, I mean, I really like that offense. I love Goddard, love Ertz, big fan of Rager, love miles Sanders. He's a really good pass catching back as well. Um, uh, he just got a lot of nice weapons, um, and that defense is going to not be good, and they're going to have to score to stay in games. That's true. So, Miles Sanders, this is a guy I've I've been thinking about a lot here recently. I think I was a little spooked earlier in the offseason because there was all this talk about bringing in another veteran running back to spell Sanders, and that's still a possibility. Um, you've got uh, Lamar Miller out there. You've got Devonte Freeman out there, guys that the Eagles could still bring in. But if they don't and things stay the way they are right now, and I like Boston Scott, I think he's, he could have some potential value. He was their MVP near the end of last season. But if things stay the way they are now with the depth chart, I'm all in on Miles Sanders. Sanders. I think he has like, sneaky top five upside for me this year because you saw the way he finished. I think he finished as like RB four or five in the last like four or five games of 2019. So I'm all in on Miles Sanders, Addy. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one of the guys that I'm targeting. Um, and I've, I've been able to get quite a few shares of him. And usually it's I actually I was able to get him in the, I think the third round in one league. Dang. That's uh, nice. But but yeah, I mean he's he's primed, uh, you know, to to be a I think a RB one this year, um, and I was I was just impressed with him down the stretch when they actually gave him the full load. He's an I think he's a, a sneaky PPR back as well. So yeah, I love Miles Sanders. Yeah, Johnny, with all the best balls that you've seen going on, where where are you seeing Sanders end up most of the time? Yeah, three, four, round three, four end of round two, something like that. I, I like him a lot too. Like you said, last year he was, he was putting these games together where, you know, just through PPR and his, his floor for yards and catches and stuff, he didn't even have to score a touchdown. He was getting you like 20 point games. Um, that's, that's what you're looking for with these guys. Yeah. You, if, if you have to count on a touchdown to make your day for that guy, 
you're you're screwed. You know, like you want guys that get enough work. Guys like Zeke, guys like Miles Sanders is probably going to be that that you know you've got that floor of a solid game with or without the touchdown. So Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, week fifteen, he put up thirty-seven point seven points. Week sixteen, he put up twenty-nine point six points. He won people fantasy championships. Yeah, he gave me plain one. and simple for sure. Yeah, Bobby, say uh, Miles Sanders. Any yeah. uh, you trying to acquire? What's what? What are you doing right now? The only thing I'm concerned about with Sanders is potentially them bringing somebody in, and then the uh, Brandon Brooks injury hurts as well. Brandon Brooks is a uh, you know, pretty mm. highly touted uh, offensive lineman there in the NFL. One of the and, highest uh, paid guards, I think, in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to hurt some. But I love Sanders. I don't. I don't think his upside is uh, is uh, blown out of proportion this year. I really think he could he could actually fulfill those you know higher ADPs that people are moving him into. I like him. Yeah. So let's let's kind of jump quickly through these next two wide receivers to get the Jalen Rager. Um, We'll just go around the horn here. Uh, I'll start Alshon Jeffrey. Like I said, probably going to start the year on the pup list. Uh, not a guy I have any interest in. He's off my board entirely. Addy, any any interest in Jeffrey? No, I don't think so. J- Johnny, what about you? No, I'd rather have a hot sauce enema. That is a <laughs> very good visual that I will fall asleep to tonight. Bobby, mm-hmm. what about nah. you? Any no nah, off I'd, I'd rather watch Johnny have a hot sauce cinema. I mean, that's a given. We're gonna watch that. We're gonna put it on our yeah, YouTube. For sure. Live. My mouth water now, Johnny. You can't do <laughs> without doing it. It's that Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> our Patreon. Stick around for the after show. Johnny will be uh, your Patreon content for this week. Um, all right. What about Deshaun Jackson? He is a sneaky best ball target. Yeah. Maybe a flex play, uh, you know, potentially. Anyone yeah. I mean, you? you know, smoke him while you got him. He's going to be, he's a, uh, he's a nice, you know, if you, if you're in a league where you you start like us, where at most leagues we're in, we start like what, 10 or 11 on offense usually. So we're, we're talking like usually four flex, four flex. Usually, uh, yeah. So Deshaun Jackson is a perfect, he's a perfect flex. Like number three mm-hmm. or four flex guy. Yeah. I mean, he was wide receiver one in the week one last year. <laughs> right. He went, he went, Absolutely bananas. Yeah. You held on to him the rest of the season, and I don't think he played a meaningful game it's, after that. It's the same concept that we talk about with, you know, the outside linebackers for IDP. You know, you just having having uh that third or fourth linebacker be one of those guys that gets a lot of sacks or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny, Deshaun Jackson, any interest? Yeah, just in best ball, like like you guys said, it, you know, the consistency is not gonna be there. He's also made of glass much like most people on this team. So, you know, I'll just have him there for the random week. He goes off for like hundred yards and three touchdowns. That's right. Bobby. I really like Deshaun Jackson this year, which sounds really stupid, but you're coming from a team that pray, played uh, Greg Ward the last like four or five weeks of the year. So yeah. sure. It's a huge if with Deshaun, but man, you're going to have some sophomores and, Jay Jaw and then a rookie and Rager that's going to take some time. So for the beginning of the season, if you're a competitor or you just want to, you've got a bunch of rookies and you want to, you know, fill them in with some people that you're going to think are per, going to produce for the first, hopefully six to eight weeks out of Deshaun until your rookies turn it on. I think he could be a nice little play. Yeah. You know, what a weird wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Alshon, Deshaun, then you have these two young guys and, and Rager and J-Jaw who didn't really you know perform like people thought he would. 
Just mm-hmm. a weird mix. Who's the alpha in that room? Probably DJX. I have no idea. Probably it's weird. You know group. that Jalen thinks he's the drippiest of the group. Oh yeah, <laughs> not I don't like that. Yeah, you got to earn that, son. Yeah, don't put yourself up there top ten quite yet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was my question here. What Jalen Rager is, he should have a nice opportunity because of the Jeffrey injury. But Johnny, would you rather pay up for Rager or take Djax like a million rounds later? No, I'd rather pay up for Rager. I, I've got a bad um, outlook or bad perspective on this because I'm playing a lot of college fantasy too. And Rager was not not this last year, but the year before was absolutely incredible as a college fantasy player. This last year, their offense maybe threw the ball, I don't know, six times a game, if that. So, you know, for him to still put up those stats – even with that, you know, those few like chances, uh, he's truly a special talent. So yeah, I'd pay up for him. Uh, Joshy, keep an eye on, um, uh, uh, John Hightower, John Hightower, Josh, I think it's John Hightower. They drafted him out of Boise state this year. He could be a fun little rookie. And then I think they also grabbed Quez Watkins. Yeah. I'm not sure where he's out of, but, um, there's going to be some D, uh, Deshaun and some uh, Alshon replacements coming here pretty soon. So some rookies to keep an eye out for sure. Yeah. Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss. So it looks is, like. is, is everyone oh, yeah. off of uh, – so no one's a Ortega believer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, He's good at Stanford. <laughs> I, know. I know Addy's holding out hope here, but – he had a lot of opportunity and just didn't do anything. Yes, he was a rookie, so I'm not yeah, all the way He was out, hurt. He was hurt, Josh. He's, he's probably a guy I'm holding, but I'm not trying to acquire him. I mean, I'm intrigued. I think he's a, he's a fine hold. He's dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. You, no don't, one, have, to, you don't have to pay anything. No one him. believes him anymore. So You just like that his name is Arthega. Yeah. If it was just like <laughs> Tom Smith, he'd be like, sorry, Tom, Hell you're no, gone. Get out of here. You're out of the squad. <laughs> So, um, all right, we got a couple of um, tight ends here to talk about. And, Addy, let's start with, I know, one of your babies, even though you did, I believe, trade him away in XFFL, right? Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, right, yeah. Is he the tight end you'd rather have out of these two? Um, well, for, I mean, for Dynasty, yes. Uh, redraft, Zach Ertz isn't going anywhere. I mean, the, and, you know, uh Oftentimes people try and piece that together. Well, they got they got the they got Dallas Goddard waiting in the wings. Why do they need why do they need Ertz? Well, because Ertz is really freaking good. Yeah, and, because NFL teams don't care about your fantasy. Outcome. Right. And it's a huge advantage to have two really good tight ends. And and there's a reason why they run a lot of twelve personnel. Um so yeah, I mean that that's gonna be frustrating, I think. I love Goddard. I mean, even when Ertz was there, he still was able to be pretty productive. Um, but like you know, if something were to happen to Ertz, we're going to be talking about Goddard as a as a top two tight end. I think mm. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Ertz is getting slept on a little bit, Johnny. Of all the pass catching weapons in the Eagles' offense, he's the guy I most want for twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I say give Goddard one more year, and I think it's wheels up. Uh, how are you splitting hairs between these two? Yeah, I mean, if it, if it was a startup, I'd be going for Goddard. The price is better and the outlook's better down the line. But redraft, yeah, I got I have no issue at all grabbing Ertz is a I don't know tight end three or whatever. Um, you know what? Maybe even tight end two. 
if I could get him for a deal because Kittle's going stupid early and San Francisco passes like 11 times a game. So that's not real sustainable. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not on board with that. I'm not on board with Kittle being, and I've seen people saying, you know, Kittle tied in one. Nah, I don't think so. No, no, no. Yeah, that's 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 a little that's a little rich for my blood. Um, Bobby, what about you? Ertz, Goddard, 2020-2021, how are you kind of putting these guys together here? Um, I grabbed an orphan team this year that has Goddard, and I think that is the only team where I have either of these guys. Honestly, I just kind of want to avoid them. Um, Ertz is great. Goddard is great. I just don't really want to have to – deal with that you know while we're on the Hayden Hurst type you know Hayden Hurst is going to get some looks where he's being drafted I would rather just take my shot with a guy like him a guy like Evan Ingram a guy like Tyler Higby um, and then draft somebody else in the comparable spot wherever your Ertz and your Goddard are being taken I just I don't know I don't really want to have to mess with them this year to be honest with you all right that's that's stupid that's a dumb take because Ertz and Goddard are great I just I don't know. I just don't want to have to deal with the whole win situation. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't. I don't ever like being in those situations where you feel like you're praying for an injury or something bad to happen to another player, which is mm-hmm. kind of what you're doing if you draft Dallas Goddard. It is. Yeah. Like you're just like Ertz. You know, maybe just retire and spend time with your smoking hot wife and let <laughs> let Dallas eat. He got punched in the face. Sure, he's on the all or nothing playing Nerf Wars with Avante Maddox. Like, let the dude have yeah. some fun. Guess that didn't pay off, did it, Dallas? Yeah. Just that didn't you know didn't raise your awareness or anything. <laughs> yeah, you've been creeping around. I'm listening to the Halloween music and then you get sucker punched in a bar. Uh, <laughs> this uh, John Wick training for. So we're uh, Johnny, we're going to talk about four guys here on defense. You're going to tell us which cornerbacks you're interested in. And then we're going to move on to Washington. <laughs> Beautiful. Two of these guys, because this is really where the strength of the team is Fletcher Cox, mm. Javon Hargrave. Johnny, I don't know that there's a better one, two punch at defensive tackle in the league. Maybe the next team we're going to talk about, but yeah, I mean Cox and Hargrave is just a mouthwatering yeah. combination. Un unreal. And Hargrave, I don't know if you guys, if any of you had him last year on Pittsburgh, but his numbers were really good quietly, quietly. And now that now that he's there with Cox, um, you know, I I, I think it's going to be great. It's an excellent one-two punch. He's I think he's going to have DT one numbers. I really do. And. uh you know they could they could use some help with the defensive ends. Graham and Barnett are nothing special, never have been, probably never will be. But with starting there with that strength, like that defensive line for run stopping and pressure with those guys is going to be incredible. Um, yeah, definitely big on Hargrave this year. Yeah, Hargrave last year had forty nine pressures on only six hundred and eighty snaps, so he was fourth on the team in pressures. So, wow, that's um, nice. Graded out great on PFF, but yeah, I mean. Had a low-key, really good fantasy year as well. So, uh, big fan there of him. Yeah, I was looking to see. So, he finished as DT14 in our RSO League last year. So, um, I love it when teams, you know, you could make the case defensive tackle, not a position of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they go out in free agency and just decide to stack a strength, and you love, like you said, Johnny, with, you know, I'm a Brandon Graham owner. I was a little biased coming off the all or nothing performance. I kind of got swept away by that. But him and Barnett are nothing special at defensive end. The strength of this line really is on the interior there with Hargrave and Fletcher Cox 
in the middle. Uh, I'm fine with either of these guys taking them as my defensive tackle. Real quick, look what he did for Cam Hayward last year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Cam Hayward, DT1. Yeah. yeah. At least. Yeah. Cox is, uh, he's, uh, definitely someone that I think is going to have a nice bounce back this year, too. He was doubled a ton last year, you know, because he was pretty much the only thing on that line, yeah. uh, that was, you know, of, of note. So I was wrong. So Hargrave actually DT12. So he was a DT1 last season for us. Wow. Wow. Quietly. Really, really nice target. Uh, Sneaky, kind of under the radar guy. And do we, I mean, I think I maybe like him better there in Philly. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to see where Cox finished, and he was way further down. He had a down year. Yeah, he wasn't as good as, you know, especially for what he's getting paid. I think he's getting paid like one of the top three or four guys on this team, right. but finished as D tackle 25 last year. Yeah. And wow. so I, I know I'm quoting a lot of PFF numbers and pressure stats. And Adam everything. works for PFF now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, he just wasn't getting home on some of these sacks and stuff, but he was still putting up great pressure numbers. 56 pressures last year for Cox. So love, love nice. when, lo- love when Cox can make pressure like that. Love when Cox make it. <laughs> That is that is so true, and I appreciate you. Uh, so, Fletcher Cox, actually the highest paid player on the Philadelphia Eagles, making twenty three point eight million dollars this year. Wow! Taking up ten point seven four percent of their salary cap. Jesus. Yeah. There's wow. A great line from that documentary where the the offensive lineman is like, "How did you know we we're about to run that play?" He's like. And they don't pay me $20 million for nothing. I was like, oh, snap. That is so baller to say to someone else. <laughs> Big fan of Fletcher Cox's swag on the field. Um, and uh, But, yeah, definitely more of a Javon Hargrave guy for 2020. Um, Barnett, we touched on him. I've got him in our main league. If he shows any signs of life this year, I'm going to try to trade him while I can. Um, and then TJ Edwards, Johnny, this linebacker group is so disgusting. Yeah, but there there has to be someone there with value, right? And are you taking your shot on Edwards? I'm not touching any of these guys. I've seen people say Edwards. I've seen, yeah, I've seen people say maybe Taylor, Jatavius Brown, yada yada yada. I remember the Nathan Gary apocalypse last year. I remember the Nigel Bradham shenanigans. Uh, so I'm good. I'm just all set with all of it. There are plenty of linebackers out there, so I don't need to subject myself to Philadelphia linebackers. Yeah, Jatavis, Addy, speak about your baby. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm open to to taking a, a chance on this on this group because someone's gonna I mean someone's gonna eat there, you know. Someone has to make tackle. We also we also forget that Malcolm Jenkins is no longer there. So I mean, truly, there's gonna be some tackles to stop up. Uh and I kind of like Jatavis Brown, also very interested in Davian Ta- uh Davian Taylor. So that's that's probably who I'm going to target of the group, um, but yeah, I mean it's one of those deals where they're all going to be so cheap and, and and the situation is so unknown that you'll probably be able to have your have your choosing uh, off the waiver wire. So just sit tight, monitor it week one, let it play out, and and, and then make your choice from there. Love it, Bobby. The <laughs> linebacker options in Philadelphia. Interested at all? Uh, not so much. I am interested to see who possibly could take over that Malcolm Jenkins role. You know, Jalen Mills moving over from cornerback, Johnny. Is that right? Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's what our lad said anyway. 
Um, so I don't know. <sighs> Malcolm Jenkins, even though he's older, has always kind of been a nice safety too. Always produced there pretty well in Philly. So I don't know. I've never been super, super impressed with Jalen Mills. Um, but we'll we'll see what he does maybe in that safety role. But no, not really. I don't really really have a big uh, a big 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 throb in my heart for any of these guys. <laughs> Big throb somewhere else. <laughs> See Johnny get that hot sauce enema back. Uh, about Cox. <laughs> thinking about Patrick Mahomes as a woman. Gosh, the unseeable. Once you see that, it's just you can't unsee it. Yeah. All right. Well, we have made it to the Washington Washington professional sports franchise uh, in the NFL. I'm not gonna give them the the pleasure here. Uh, Washington, come on, like. Let's do better. Like, come on. It's time. It's a it's perfect climate to change that name. You would win over a lot of fans. You don't have a lot of fans. Let's make the change, guys. My, my freaking high school was the Newington Indians, and they, they changed last week. Wow. What'd they change nice. to? Good for they, them. they haven't decided yet. They're putting it out as a vote and holding like a big meeting. But they changed the the local high school changed and the red the excuse me, the Washington people can't figure it out. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, you can't put this out on a poll because it will be hijacked by Twitter trolls, and they'll mm-hmm. be like the Washington Dick Eaters or something. Just <laughs> absurd, you know, like I, I want to that. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd be thrilled if that was what it ended up being. But um, yeah, Washington, come on, guys! Like this is the time to to make it happen. So let's go through some starters here because. Yikes, this team is not very good on the offensive side of the ball. So no. offense, you've got Dwayne Haskins, uh, Darius Geis, and Adrian Peterson at running back, Terry McLaurin, Kelvin Harmon, and Steven Sims at wide receiver, Logan Thomas at tight end. Did not know that. Um, yeah, defense, you've got uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne at defensive tackle, Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan at DN, Cole Holcomb and Thomas freaking Immortal Davis. Uh, at linebacker, Kendall Fuller, Fabian Moreau, Ronald Darby at uh, cornerback, and Landon Collins and Sean Davis at safety. Johnny, I did not realize until looking at this roster for this preview, the Washington professional football team is so devoid of talent on the offensive side of the ball. This is an apocalypse outside of Terry McLaurin. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, Haskins was was great in college fantasy when he was on Ohio State, and you know they're they're beating the crap out of like Iowa Technical College, you know, every other weekend. Um, but yeah, NFL defenses are not the same. He's not looking too good. Um, yeah, I'm interested in McLaurin. Haskins would be best ball or dynasty. Maybe they get better years from now type thing. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah, I'm. I was, you know, kind of ambivalent on Haskins, but just looking at this talent right now, I'm like, this guy, they they have not done him any favors. I, I would not be – I think Jacksonville is the worst team in the league right now, but Washington would not be far behind for me. I would not be surprised if they're in the running for the number one overall pick, especially with this uh, cast of characters, Addy. A lot of unknowns for me. You know, I'm really interested in Antonio Gibson, see what he can be. You know, we've seen uh, – We've seen a lot of comparisons to CMC light. Right, calm you know? down, Ron Rivera. <laughs> calm down. 
but you know, um, Golden Gandy, what's he going to look like? You know, at, at this point last year, none of us knew that Terry McLaurin was going to be what he turned into. So there's always that unknown with these young guys. They also brought in Thaddeus Young at, at uh, tight end. So um, I'm sorry, Thaddeus Moss. Um, yeah. So, so you know, there, there's always there's just a lot of unknown. We we don't know what these guys are, are going to look like. Um, we've seen a lot of hype videos out of Haskins. You know, working on footwork and all that, all that good stuff over the off season. So, we'll see if he takes another love, step. Love a good off season hype, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone loves Terry McLaurin. We we know uh, we know all about Terry McLaurin. That we do. Our uh, XFFL Slack has been blowing up with Terry McLaurin love, and that's actually a note that I have, Johnny. Do you think? Do you think that Terry McLaurin can return on that value right now because he is getting? Just an insane amount of love uh, here in the off season, and I think he's. It seems like you've done a lot of best balls. He's probably being drafted pretty highly. Do you think he's being a little overvalued and overdrafted right now? Yeah, um, but there are two. Like, there's always two schools of thoughts on that, right? Like that wide receivers usually start with their their lowest kind of production floor talent, and then develop over years. And you know, year three, four, five is the prime and you get that for a while, um, which, you know, if you follow that, then you buy McLaurin now in dynasty and the best is still yet to come, even though I had a really great season last year. Um, but I'm kind of a little more pessimistic on it. I feel like because everyone else saw what, gr- what a great season he had last year and the rest of the team is vomit worthy that they just shut him down and make uh, someone else catch the ball. And there you go. He, he's out of the picture. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying at the price right now. It's a little high for me. Yeah. Of this poo-poo platter here, Bobby, does anyone strike your fancy at all? Dude, I like all of these guys, which sounds crazy. I like Dwayne Haskins. I think he only threw – he didn't play a ton last year, but four interceptions on like six touchdowns late in the year. Um, Kyle Allen might actually be a nice stash to have if Haskins really turns out to be trash. Um, sell Darius guys, sell Bryce Love because he's still got that knee stiffness thing going on. Um, I really like Antonio Gibson. I really like Adrian Peterson again for this year, which sounds ridiculous, but I mean, why he'll, not? Why he'll not? make the team and he'll have some type of inherent value. Um, I'm big on McLaurin, I'm big on Gandy Golden. I really, really like Thaddeus Moss. Um, dude, I'm probably the stark opposite to a lot of people this year who think. Washington is just going to be a garbage team. I think their defense is going to keep them in games. And I think uh, I think Rivera is going to win some games for them. I think people are going to be surprised. Someone else we're not mentioning, Steven Sims. <clears throat> yes. Revelation there at the end of the year. Uh, you know, worked great out of the slot. Haskins loved him. Was really the the main target down the stretch for Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um and if you play in a, in a league that re- rewards for turn yards, my God, he's he's like a legit wide receiver too already. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting offense. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to be paying close attention. And the best part of it is they're all dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. That is true. So yeah. over, under, four and a half wins. Addy, you taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm going to take over. I think, I think that defense keeps them in games. They're going to win sloppy. Um, but like I've mentioned, a lot of unknown. I won't be uh, I won't be surprised if I'm surprised. 
You won't be surprised. If, I wouldn't be surprised if you're not surprised that you're surprised. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, over under four and a half wins for the Washington franchise. Over. I'll match that over button. Rivera's a good coach. Rivera can win games. I agree. Johnny, what about you? You sold? No, we we did this the other the other week on our show. I said under, so I'm going to stay under. Yeah, I think it's four wins, so give me the under. All right, well, let's talk about the exciting side of the ball here in Washington. The only side really worth mentioning. So many IDP weapons here to talk about. Let's start with Chase Young. Johnny, looking back, now that the dust has settled a little more on the rookies, we're starting, you know, there's no, not a lot of activity happening right now. So maybe attitudes haven't changed that much. But looking back, where would you be taking Chase Young in a rookie draft right now? 1.08. Okay. I think you went 106 in our RSO league. So, um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Right around that, like, 108 range. And it would probably – I would want to read the draft board because if I'm all in on Chase Young and I'm sitting at, like – you know, 106, and I don't have another pick again until maybe the end of the first, and you know that somebody's going to try to jump on him at 108 or 109. Maybe I reach for him at 106, but I think that 108 is probably the right spot. Addy, I have a feeling maybe you take him a little higher, though. It's all going to depend on, you know, if it's if this is like your first year in the league and this is the first rookie draft, that's going to change kind of the way I think. I think I'm more with Johnny. I'm going to wait probably a little bit on Chase Young. But if you know if I'm a defensive end away, I, I'll take him as high as 106. Um, but it it would be tough. There's gonna be that's gonna be a really tough call because there there's gonna be some nice offensive pieces there. Man, but what if you could have the de one for like the yeah. next like six or seven years? That's what he's gonna be, you know. Right. That's and, the, you want to get in on it while while you can. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. He might be the safest rookie pick. I think he is. I mean, he's guaranteed to play. He's, he's in a loaded defense, so he's not going to be the only guy there getting all the attention. I mean, he landed in a really nice spot, all things considered, Bobby. I don't like it. I don't like it, guys. There's too much offensive talent out this year to be taking Chase Young that high. Take a risk. Don't just get too complacent and think, well, he's going to be the DE1. Well, if you're thinking that, go buy Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett is still viable and people are putting him on the block. You know, like a guy in our league, I think you can buy him for less than what it's going to cost to purchase Chase Young. I don't know. I still go back to thinking about Chase Young, like the whole defense for offensive trades just like don't really work. So, um, I don't know. I, I just don't care for taking Chase Young that high when you're thinking about you're still talking Justin Jefferson. You're talking. You're talking uh, Rager. You're talking DeAndre Swift. You're talking Keyshawn Vaughn. You know, there's a lot of guys still in that range who could really hit. DeAndre Swift is really being slept on. What if he's really, really good? Are you going to be okay with Swift hitting? Instead, you took a Chase Young, who's who's going to be the DE one. Like, are we sure he's going to be like freaking Daniel Hunter is unbelievable? You know, and he he's going to be great again. It's kind of hard to believe that Chase Young is going to be better than Daniel or Miles Garrett for that reason. So, so another thing you guys, you know, aren't worrying about yet, but you probably should be, is is he even going to be a DE? Mm. He's listed as an outside linebacker on our lads. Oh, uh, don't say that. That's so gross. TJ Watt, Bradley Chubb, 
Chandler Jones. We need that DN designation. Do mm-hmm. right by us, uh, fantasy platforms. But that's a great point too, uh, Johnny. I don't mind those guys. You know, sure, it is beneficial when they're a D D end. But I mean, look at these guys that you can grab that are you know edge rushers with that LB tag and like an RSO. There's still some really good guys, and they they produce. Sure, the sacks are harder to come by than the tackles, but. Man, when you're in a big play league, those those outside linebackers that get sacks are really really valuable. I mean, they can they can win you some win you some weeks pretty quick. Yeah, I just I just don't want to be in a position where I'm spending 108 or 106 thinking I've got the DE yeah. maybe not the DE1 but a DE1 for the next decade. And sure. then and then all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, guess what? He's just a linebacker and you could yeah. And you could have gotten Will Compton off waivers, huh? Like, yeah. or what if he's just clowny? You know, like clowny's yeah. a big name, but I mean, that's a perfect, perfect example. Right, right, absolutely. Yep. So, so sell Chase Young. Get rid of me. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I thought we were all in on Chase Young. Take yeah, it sounds like he sucks. Take him in the third round. <laughs> um, let's look at these defensive tackles here, guys. Um, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, again, very talented one-two punch. We were talking about Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, but you could easily make the case that Payne and Allen are the best DT combination in the league. Johnny, do you have a preference one way or the other here for Payne versus Allen if you're trying to decide for your D-tackle? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be going Allen. Um, also, they, they changed Matt Ioannidis to a defensive tackle in a few places. Um, I don't know real real football what that's going to look like, but uh, you got to assume some kind of rotation. And he played really well last year. And his value in if he if his playing time stays even in the same solar system as what it was last year, his value goes up exponentially as a D tackle. I agree. He was D tackle six in our league last year and was six points away from being the D tackle three. Wow. So he was he was nice. dominant as in, in D tackle required leagues. That's a huge question with that team is just there's so much talent up front. What's that rotation gonna look like? What are the snaps gonna look like for all these right. guys? Right. Who's playing what? How much are they playing? What's right. going on there? Like once we answer that, it'll make things a lot easier. Um Yeah. Yeah, because you have a guy like Ryan Kerrigan. Again, does not get the love that he deserves, but how does he fit into this rotation, Bobo? Fits mm-hmm. in just nicely, Josh. Just, just nicely. <laughs> I think also, it, Ryan Anderson, you know, yeah, another guy that gets no love, but he's well, decent. Let's talk about Montez Sweat, somebody who's not or Sweet. Sorry, we have this conversation every week. I don't know Montez Sweat. <laughs> I guess maybe in this situation, you're going to have to kind of shoot your shot with your guy and hope that hope that you're right, you know, yeah. or just avoid altogether, like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I think I'm going to shoot my shot with Chase Young and probably Landon Collins on this team. And just it, it may be Jonathan Allen if, you know, if he's there as a, a D tackle option. But, um, and Thomas yeah. Davis, because we all know he's going to produce. Can we talk about these linebackers? <laughs> Thomas Davis. Like, how does Thomas Davis still have value in IDP? Or does he, Johnny? Are we just. No, he, no, he will. He will. When when you had John Bostic playing almost every snap last year, Thomas Davis will be fine over there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Our, Johnny, looking back at it, it's a little surprising 
Where would you slot in Cole Holcomb as far as the 2019 rookie linebackers? He was surprisingly productive there in Washington. Is Was he a top five guy last year? Oh, I don't know. He, he was more of a flash in the pan to me. He never had the playing time or the consistency that I, I would be into. He had some nice weeks, but until I, I, I like consistency. That's always yeah. my thing. Yeah. Graded very poorly in coverage on PFF. That's usually a pretty telling stat on, on if someone sticks around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the linebacking options there, Bobby, any, is this kind of like Philadelphia where we're just playing keep away? Or are you trying to grab any of these guys? Uh, I'll take linebacker Landon Collins. That's right. Hey, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There, he's kind of uh, Landon Collins is sort of like the Bobby Wagner of the safety <laughs> position. Like he's just so good, so consistently that he is a little boring. But it, that's just one of the safest picks. I feel like you can make an IDP. I'll say this: I think that you know linebacker is going to be pretty ugly for them this year. But I think NFL wise, Washington is going to have a really good defense this year. I think you're going to see a lot of these D tackles and these DNs rack up a lot of tackles because. You know, rushers are not going to be able to get through the line. You know, these are a lot of really, really good linemen right here. So, I don't know. Fantasy-wise, it's going to be kind of hard to to steer the ship. But NFL-wise, I'm more excited to watch Washington this year than than most. They're going to suck, but it's going to be a fun, sucky year. Yeah, yeah. I was – the reason I wanted to bring up Holcomb was um, – I was just looking to see where he finished, and he actually was wedged between Nick Vigil and our boy, the handsome one himself, Matt Milano. So Mm. he actually only scored uh, 2.25 points fewer than Matt Milano on the year, Uh, finished about three points lower than Jayon Brown. So, you know, not a guy that he was very solid, very was, efficient with the, his tackling. Yeah, you know, LB thirty six. So he was he just just snuck in there in the back end I, LB three range. I know Brown missed games. I'm pretty sure Milano missed yeah, games. Yes, yeah. I know Jay huh. did because I had him. So yeah, you're right. It's just a guy. You know, if I'm gonna try to figure out between Thomas Davis and Cole Holcomb, if someone has a gun to my family's head and makes me pick between these two. My God, I'm not going to go Thomas Davis, so I'll probably go Cole Holcomb. What about uh, Ruben Foster? Any interest here in, in him? Yeah, that's true. He's a guy that uh, I think we've all kind of forgotten about because he was out of our lives last year. Right, and last year it was Sean Dion Hamilton. Everyone, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The big I one. Got S- I still got SDH. I'm holding out hope. Sean yeah. Dion. Sean Dion. <laughs> I really like the Thomas Davis ad. I hope that he can show these young guys how to play linebacker in the NFL. You know, Thomas Davis has been a productive guy, and, and that's what this team needs. Got a bunch of younger guys, not really sure what they're doing. Um, hopefully he can help them out and, and help them have some some dynasty value in a couple years. All right, guys, we made it through under two hours. Johnny, we'll get you out of here on this. Give me the IDP MVP for the NFC East. That's a lot of acronyms in a row. So. <laughs> The most valuable IDP, and you can define that however you want. That could be the guy that scores the most points, the guy that gives you the most return on the where you drafted him in terms of value. Mm. But who is your defensive IDP MVP for the NFC East? James Bradbury, New York Giants. Nice. Nice. Just, are you still in on Bradbury? I know that was he was kind of a sexy cornerback option oh, yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. 
Yeah, because because in Carolina he had to deal with Dante Jackson. Um, there was someone else there too. I can't remember who it is right now because it's June, not football season. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and, and it's and it's whatever time at night. But um, yeah, no, he's got literally no competition. Um, corner wise for the Giants, and they just paid him a ton of money. So he's going to play 100 percent of snaps every single week, and he's always been a super productive corner. In a consistent corner, which is basically impossible to sign to find uh, in cornerbacks. So, yeah, I think his return on investment would be massive this year. I agree. So I'm going to go with the return on investment angle as well. This is not the guy that's going to score the most points. That will probably be Blake Martinez or Jalen Smith. Yeah, I'm going to go with Javon Hargrave as the Ooh. defensive tackle option. Not a sexy position, but a position that can be a distinct advantage. If you find one of these guys like a cam Hayward that makes that leap. And I just love Hargrave's potential there alongside Fletcher Cox, which may not always make it home, Addy, but you want to be lined up next to Cox. That's just uh, it's helpful for your fantasy production. Sure. So I'm going to go with Javon Hargrave as my MVP on uh, the NFC East. Addy, what about you? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Blake Martinez. Ooh, good choice. That's nice. <laughs> I, just, I just think he's just super safe. Uh, I think you know what you're going to get with him. Um, you're not going to probably have to overspend to get him because I, I think, you know, he's just he's just not sexy. He's not. He's just not sexy. You're going to be able to like, get. Ah, yeah, fine, I guess. Yeah, you'll be able to get him as your linebacker, you know, 8 to 12, but it'll probably produce as a, as a top five option. So, um yeah, that, that's who I'd go with. All right, Bobby, mm-hmm. we'll wrap it up with you. Give us your MVP for IDP. My MVP for 2020 is going to be the number two safety in the league for the Dallas Cowboys, Jamal Adams. Wow. <laughs> nice try, Bobby. Nice try. <laughs> Let's go with, uh, I don't know, I kind of like this sneaky uh, rookie grab of Davion Taylor. Um, you've got two really good D tackles there in Philadelphia. Derek Barnett sucks. I tried to tell you why he was good last year, and I apologize for that. He is not good. Um, Davion Taylor, go grab him because somebody's going to have to rush the pasture there in, uh, in Philly. I love it. All right, Johnny, we're going to get you out of here before you fade into the deep oblivion of uh, post-midnight hysteria. But before we sign off, give us your, your deets. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, where can they find your work? Uh, what do you have coming up over at IDP guys? Hit us with the details. Sure. Thank you, fellas. Uh, I'm at orange man, three, one, four, two on Twitter. I'm an in season writer for IDPguys.org. Uh, currently I am not writing because I don't spend weeks doing something for 10 clicks. That's just, that's, that's new, that's new guy shit. And I'm not a new guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't be doing that. Uh, but yeah, during the season, I'll be doing a streaming corners article, uh, waivers and reaction article for IDP and also a college, uh, fantasy football waivers article this coming season. Love that. Wow. And, uh, we can find you on the IDP guys podcast as well. Absolutely. And, uh, I just wanted to thank you fellas. It's always a good time, uh, coming here and chatting with you guys, talking food, talking poop, talking football, Mm. nothing better. We worked in the trifecta. Yeah, we talked about not poop specifically, but the poop shoot with the enema. So I'm proud of us, guys. We touched on all the, the bases that make Big 3 IDP so special. 
Johnny, have you, uh, I guess you haven't gotten to blow up as many public restrooms now with the Corona and everything. <laughs> no, it is. It is a tragedy. There's nothing like commencing hover and just, uh, letting it rip, you know, <laughs> oh, I know making people concerned that maybe they should call the ambulance or a loved one to come and clean your body off the bathroom floor. <laughs> We'll get you guys out of here on that mental image. Thank you again, Johnny, for joining us. We will have you back on um, as we get closer to the season. Let's maybe break down some more things. IDP, maybe talk some fast food, maybe see how your butt's doing. Uh, But uh, until then, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this NFC East preview. We will see you guys next week. Hope you all take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dream team, Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three, it's the dream team. Big three, IDP, let's go.